So because football season is underway, I figure it might be wise for me to talk a little bit about football or I guess sports in general. I was having a conversation with a football coach friend of mine recently, and he made this distinction talking about people who go to football games or sporting events. He said that they are either a fan or a spectator. These are the two types of people who go to football games, the fans do or the spectators. The fan is obviously someone who is completely and totally dedicated to their team. Win or lose, rain or shine, they are going to be there at the game, wearing the jersey, cheering on their team, supporting them. Their, their heart is in it. They're passionate. They love the team. Spectator is a little bit different. The spectator is just there to watch, sort of at a distance. They're going to be there, maybe if their team is winning, but if the team starts losing or struggling, or if it's raining, if there's bad weather, they're going to stay home. They maybe wear their gear that they borrow from someone else. They may cheer every once in a while, but the truth is they really don't care that they are only fans on the outside, that their heart is not in it. The team goes on a losing streak, they quit paying attention, and they go on to something else. And as he he explained this to me, it sort of struck me that not only is this distinction between a fan and a spectator applicable to sports, but it's also very applicable to the practice of the faith. There are Catholics, Christians, who are fans, and then there are some who are spectators. And that's ultimately the question that we need to ask ourselves. Are you a fan, or are you just a spectator? A fan is the person who truly loves God, who's had a deep conversion, who's dedicated to prayer, who gives generously to the church and to the poor, who wants to share the faith with others, who's willing to make sacrifices, who wants to learn about Jesus and about their faith. And it doesn't matter if there's a boring homily or there's bad music, he goes to Mass. He may be struggling through prayer or tragedy, but presses on through. Even when it comes to scandal in the church, they may question and doubt, but they keep moving forward. Why? Because their faith is not something exterior, It's like we hear in the second reading, it is planted in their hearts. However, on the other side, quite often in the pews, we can have a bunch of spectators. Ah, they may say a few prayers on occasion. If it's raining or they're too busy, they don't go to Mass or they forget about it. They give very little, if at all. They call themselves Catholic, but really don't talk to people about it are hesitant to defend their faith, sort of just going through the motions, giving into sin, not really worrying about it. But the fact of the matter is, they are Catholic on the outside, but their heart's not in it. The word simply is not planted there. And when the struggle comes, when prayer gets difficult, when there's pain, is when they're suffering, that's when they take off. That's when they fall away if they were ever really invested in the first place. And so that distinction, though, between a fan and a spectator 
sort of ties into the gospel. Look at Jesus' words quoting from scripture to the Pharisees. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These are the Pharisees. They're the ones who are the spectators. On the outside, yeah, they look like they're very religious, but they're doing and going through the motions, but it's all exterior. Their heart really isn't into it. They're not very committed, because if they were, they would have recognized who Jesus was. It shows us that what comes from the inside, what's in the heart, is what makes us good or bad. It's the heart is the one that makes you the fan, the one who is dedicated to their faith. That's how the gospel ties into this. But, but as I was praying and preparing for this, I decided, I haven't done this in a while, let me have a little fun with etymology. I was an English major, I love words. And I talked about this fan word maybe three or four years back. The word fan is the short for fanatic. We also know that word. And it comes from the Latin word fanum, F-A-N-U-M, which means a temple. A fanum is a temple. So a fanaticus, or fanaticus is the word that means it deals with the temple. It's of the temple. So for a fan, really has that word has a religious origin. The fan is the one who takes something religiously, sees it as holy. Ironically, that today, our sports stadiums are our temples where the fans gather. And even stranger, it's good to be a sports fan, but it's bad to be a religious fanatic, even though they both come from the same exact word. But the one that's more interesting to me is the word spectator. To be a spectator, again, it comes from the Latin word spectare, which means to observe. But I started doing some more digging. I didn't really realize a lot of this. You can take a lot of these words in the Romance languages or in different sort of European languages, even in Sanskrit or Hindi, and a lot of those words, scholars believe, have origins in a much deeper, older language. It's called the Proto-Indo-European etymology, P-I-E. And there's a word, a language that sort of dates all of these, that eventually as time went on and people spread over the course of the centuries, they developed in different regions. And so scholars believe that the Proto-Indo-European root of spectator or spectare is the word spec, S-P-E-K, which means to watch or to observe. And so it leads to spectare, it leads to a number of other words. The one that's interesting is it leads to, or the root of the Greek word, skopos, S-K-O-P-O-S, like a scope, to watch something. But skopos is also the root word of a word that we see frequently enough in the New Testament. And that word is episkopos, which means a bishop. And so what's crazy about this is I was doing this work last night. I remembered a homily I read just earlier in the week when Cardinal Ratzinger, of course, who became Pope Benedict, talked about this connection between skopos and episkopos. And he used it to explain the role of a bishop. And so I'll read this quote. He said, a skopos 
is someone who watches, who looks out for others too. The expanded New Testament form, episkopos, designates someone who has oversight, who does not drown in the details, but aims at the whole, where where they are coming from and where they are going, and therefore recognizes both the dangers and the paths that lead forward and promise life. And of course, this means not a distant view of mere intellectual curiosity, but a view that is concerned and responsibility, a view that becomes deed, helping, accompanying, and leading. That's a great definition of what an episcopos, a bishop, would be, and is so appropriate with the ongoing scandal we continue to hear in the church and the failure of so many bishops to watch, to guide. They did not watch out for others. They got drowned in the details of bureaucracy and legalism. They were not with the sheep, but apart and distant. Not all of them are like this, but the ones that are guilty are spectators and not fans. Now, in conclusion, what about the fan? The fan who is at Mass, who loves Jesus, who gives generously and prays, but is tempted to give up on the team. It's tempted to abandon it. When I was younger, I was a fan of the Astros for a number of different reasons. One, because they were in Houston, and in the early 2000s, because Roger Clemens was playing with them. I even got a chance to go to the fourth game of the World Series in 2005, whenever they lost to the Chicago White Sox. But then, right after, for those who are old enough, you remember the steroid scandal that hit. Clemens was affected it, and all my rookie cards became worthless. (laughs) All of these players implicated in it. And so I quit watching. I'm so upset, so infuriated, I quit watching it, and I really haven't watched Major League Baseball since 2005. And so, yeah, in the faith, too, a fan can become disenchanted. When scandal rocks the church, we can be tempted to leave. And so the word scandal comes from the Greek skandalon. I won't get into the Proto-Indo-European root, although it is interesting. And that's Greek for trap, or at least in the New Testament, it is meaning the stumbling block. And so a scandal is a stumbling block. And I could totally understand how something like we're hearing about now, and potentially we'll continue hearing about, is a stumbling block. I've heard from good Catholics who are tempted to leave and want to abandon the church. So what is the answer? What is the response? And so at the same time that I was reading these homilies by Cardinal Ratzinger, I went back to an old essay that he wrote in the late 60s, right when things were beginning to go crazy in the church after Vatican II in the culture. And it's an essay, which I'm going to post on Facebook, the PDF version if I can, called Why Am I Still in the Church? And he gives a number of different reasons. The main one is this, is because the church doesn't belong to us. It's not our church. It's Jesus's church. It's his church. And we can tend to forget that. When it comes to a sports team, they have managers, they have owners, and they want to make a profit. But the team really isn't something they possess, not something that they're passionate about it. But the church belongs to Jesus. It's his body. 
It's his bride, and he will not abandon it. Times he's got to purify it. Times he has to protect it. But we can never forget the church, even in her imperfection, belongs to Jesus. And that's why the true fan realizes that and is willing to stick with the team through good and through bad, thinking for thin, to see the changes, to see transformations, to hope that there will be a resurrection and one day we will come again to win the World Series. We stick with the team because the team, because the church belongs to Jesus.